to be honest, the um, text that I had been working on uh, for this week um, just didn't feel right. Um, I felt like I was uh, trying to to force it to continue to um, stay in the, the, the series that we had started about rethinking worship. Um, and so I just, I toiled and toiled. And I really just asked the Lord to, to point me to um, a verse that would give um, what I felt was like some much needed um, encouragement. Uh, and so the Spirit pointed me to John chapter 11, uh, the death of Lazarus. So I'm going to read a couple verses. If the wind will stop blowing. So John chapter 11 verse 1 through 4 reads as follows. It says, now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary whose brother Lazarus now lay sick was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When you heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. I'm going to turn over to verse 30 and then it reads as follows. It says, now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this from happening, kept this man from dying? I want to repeat to you again uh, the shortest scripture in the Bible. John eleven thirty five. 35, it says, Jesus wept. And the thought or title that I want to use to frame our time together is Lean In. Lean In. Let's pray. Gracious God, we just say thank you for gathering us today. Uh, we just lift you up. Be with us. In Jesus' name we pray. So I, I found myself this week, um, and for the past couple weeks, uh, deeply troubled. I might even say that I was, in a lot of ways, discouraged. As I celebrated my first year here, and thank you for all of the cards because they came at a much needed time. I couldn't help but to think 
of all of the turmoil that have happened over the past year. I thought about the stress of moving cross country with my family. I thought of the stress of living in somebody else's house. Though it uh, birthed a great friendship, it was still stressful uh, living in someone else's house. I thought about all of the many things that have been happening as we try to find our first home and uh, the, the very student loans that I took out to get the seminary degree that helped me uh, get the qualifications that I needed to get this job in many ways was also becoming a barrier to us finding a place to stay. I was distraught. I was a little distraught because for many, many months when the year started, our budget was really far behind and we didn't know if we were going to make it uh, to the end of the year even making budget, but probably with a deficit. Uh, the new year came and uh, we were prayerful and we were hopeful, and then a pandemic hit. And for the first time, we were faced with an involuntary closure. Uh, to add insult to injury, uh, I got sick and I was locked in my bedroom for 27 days. And I struggled with the fact that not only uh, my first Resurrection Sunday as lead pastor, uh, not only would I not be able to be with you all, I struggled with the fact that I was sick and took about two or three therapy pills to have enough energy to preach Easter Sunday. Uh, I was distraught because we thought that this was going to be over in April, and April turned to May, and May turned to June, and June turned to July, and July turned to August. I found myself discouraged. But then in a, another moment, I started to think about our church and what this year has been like for us as a congregation. What it looked like to go from Pastor Scott to the next week in the midst of losing a pastor that had been here for 10 years and then getting the news that a pastor who was loved who had been here for 14 years and made the decision to leave. The emotional toil that it probably took to have the energy to vote on the new guy the very next week. Then to celebrate her leaving and then to welcome the, the interim guy who was only going to be around for a couple months. And then to have to hit the ground running and find a new youth pastor within weeks of the new guy starting. And I thought about the emotional toil that that took. And then to think about what it meant for a congregation who is so relational to then be hit with the pandemic and to not be able to spend time together. And I thought to myself, gosh, that had to be hard. And then I thought about the universal church. The churches in our neighborhood who aren't as blessed as we are to have the resources that we have who will not make it through COVID, who will find themselves selling buildings and uh, dispersing staff and people having to find new places to call home because this pandemic was not 
for. There's no uh, pastoring through a pandemic class in seminary. There's no uh, being the church through a pandemic. And for many of us, we're figuring out as we go along. And so I found myself being discouraged. I almost found myself in a woe is me moment. And as I then contemplate yet another transition as we both rejoice but also lament the departure of our worship director, I said, God, can we handle one more thing? And through a lot of prayer and toil, the Lord took me to John chapter 11, particularly verse 35, where it says that Jesus wept. Brothers and sisters, the interesting thing about that particular text is that if we gloss over it too quickly, it's easy to believe and assume that Jesus wept because his friend had died. The scripture tells us that he got word early on that his friend Lazarus was sick. And he proclaimed in that moment that this sickness would not end in death. To the point where he did not hurry to make his way to where Lazarus was. Uh, it says that he took two more days before he even left. By the time he got there, Lazarus had died. The interesting thing that the text tells you was that there were people lamenting and there were people weeping and there were people crying and even the people who were closest to him came up to him and made proclamations. They said things like, Jesus, had you been here, Lazarus would still be alive. Jesus, had you come sooner, Lazarus would have made it. We know that you could have healed his sickness had you come sooner. The interesting thing about all of that was that the proclamations that those people made were proclamations that showed that they didn't fully understand the power of Jesus Christ. And so it says that in that moment, Jesus Christ wept. But brothers and sisters, he did not weep tears of sorrow because his friend was dead, because he had already proclaimed that that sickness would not end in death. Brothers and sisters, the text will, will tell you, if you look a little bit closer, that Jesus wept because he was irritated and angry. Jesus wept because no matter what he had done, no matter how many miracles he had done, no matter how many blind people he had restored sight to, no matter how many sick people he had healed, no matter how much water he turned into wine, no matter how many powerful sermons he preached, that in this moment when the people's faith should have stood, they were discouraged and had already claimed defeat. And Jesus in that moment wept because he understood then that they still did not get who he was. Brothers, this is, I think that many of us in the most difficult moments of our lives can forget who Jesus is. Because sometimes we find ourselves focusing on the bad. We find ourselves focusing on the turmoil. We find ourselves focusing on the trouble, the trauma, the disappointment. We find ourselves focusing on the unknown. Really, we need to focus on Jesus Christ. 
Because if we look back over our lives, if we look back over the testimony of our lives, what we will see is that Jesus Christ has been there every step of the way. That Jesus Christ has never left us nor forsaken us. And the word tells us that uh, we will never see the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. And so when we are faced with adversity, when we are faced with uncertainty, we, when we are faced with things that we don't know what the answer or the outcome will be, brothers and sisters, we can't allow ourselves to be discouraged. We can't allow ourselves to be downtrodden. We must simply remember that Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, is so powerful that he's already working things out for our good, even when it doesn't seem like it. And so in the midst of the pity party that I was starting to have, I was reminded that even though we didn't get the first house that we bid on, we found the house that we loved. And it just so happened that we were able to move into that house before I got sick. And so instead of risking getting other people sick, I had a place to be comfortable while I was sick. And there's a blessing in that. When I, when I got over my little pity party, I realized that we had the capacity to put our phones on a little tripod and, 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 and show our service so that we could all still be connected. And that we were able to, to worship together through song and through the word over the internet. When there were churches that weren't able to do that, we are blessed. Jesus Christ was moving. And that even in the midst of this turmoil that we have more people over these past months joining in our service on Facebook and giving and joining and giving from all over the country, God is still moving in our congregation. And so instead of letting ourselves get down, instead of letting ourselves be sad, we have to take our little bit of time and step back and see that in the midst of all of this turmoil that God is alive and moving, that Jesus Christ, his son, and his love for us guides us and carries us and watches over us and strengthens us. And so even when we get sad, we have to remember that Jesus Christ is there working, moving, strengthening us and giving us everything that we need to make it even when we don't know what the outcome will be. And so I stopped my little pity party because I was able to find encouragement that as I stepped back and I took account over everything that had been happening over these past months, God loves us and he has shown his love for us through how he has cared for us. Not only are we as the congregation alive and well, we are thriving. So even as I think about the fact that I always jokingly call myself number six. And I, and I call myself number six because I'm the sixth pastor in the history of this church. And as we approach January and we go for year 44, I'm reminded that there were six, five pastoral transitions before me, that there were uh, a lot of transitions that happened before I came, and this church is alive and well and doing good, and so the God that gave people the, the, the desire to start a church on this corner in Naperville to do ministry in this neighborhood, that same God is still blessing us and watching over us and calling us and strengthening us and sending us out to care for Naperville and Lyle and Bolingbrook and Aurora and all of the places that you come from, that he started this vision and he has not given up on us, that our church will not only survive, but we will thrive when we lean and have faith on him. The Lord, let our faith in Jesus not cause Jesus to weep because we let turmoil make us forget who Jesus is. Because when we remember who Jesus is, when we remember the God that we serve, then we are reminded that no 
enemy can stop us from doing the thing that God has called us to do. That all we must do is allow ourselves to keep our faith in the Jesus Christ that we know. The Jesus Christ that has never left us. The Jesus Christ that has been with us for 43, almost 43 years. And we can be reminded that God's story and God's desire and God's mission for Naperville Covenant Church is not over. And so I stopped my little pity party and I started rejoicing because I was reminded how much God loves me, how much God loves you, how much God loves his church and the call that he has for this church. And so even in the midst of the unknown, even in the midst of transition, even in the midst of all the things that are happening, even in the midst of the fact that we don't know when we'll be able to stand in that sanctuary again and take our mask off and sing together, that this congregation is bonded through the power of the Holy Spirit. That no brick and mortar building defines who we are, but we are defined by the power of the Holy Spirit that works within us. And when we lean into the power of the Holy Spirit, when we lean into our faith, when we lean into our trust, we will see that God is still working and God is still moving and God is still calling us to make a difference. And so I stopped my pity party. But, but the encouragement that I had is this. Because oftentimes, brothers and sisters, when uncertainty comes, we tend to pull back. As a matter of fact, I think my brother last week said it. He said that sometimes when turmoil comes, sometimes when challenges come, we begin to ask ourselves what's wrong. But he asked us to reframe our thinking and ask ourselves maybe what's right. Maybe the challenges are coming because we're getting too close to what God has called us to. Maybe the opposition is coming because we're pushing in the right direction. The enemy doesn't want to see us succeed. He, he challenged us to think a little bit differently. And so when challenge and turmoil come too often times, Lord, we, 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 we kind of fall back. But my encouragement to you all, my challenge to you all, is that instead of falling back because of uncertainty, we lean in. And I'm reminded of making a turn on a motorcycle. I'd always wanted to buy a motorcycle and my wife won't let me. Um, and so I, I see it's, it's some brothers in the congregation who can resonate with me with, with wives. I, I bind that spirit of wives saying no. I want to release the spirit of yes. But as I was doing research on motorcycles, one of the things that I learned was this. In, in order to make a turn on a motorcycle, you have to do three things. You first have to look in the direction that you want to turn. Because the bike will go where your eyes go. So you have to be focused on the direction that you want to go to. But the second thing you have to do is turn the, uh, the, the handlebars in the direction of the turn. So not only do you have to look in that direction, but you have to turn the handlebars in that direction. The last thing is this, and this is the most counterintuitive thing. Uh, what I saw is that you also have to physically lean into the turn. Which means the sharper the turn, the more you have to lean and the closer you get to the ground as you look and you turn the handlebars and you lean into the turn. Because if you don't lean enough, if you don't look enough, and if you don't turn enough, you can fall off the bike. But 
brothers and sisters, God has given us a vision and a mission and a direction that we must keep our eyes on. We must keep our eyes and our, our vision and our attention looking in the direction that he has called us to. But we also need to begin to turn and shift because we can't have a vision that's sitting in us one place and have our bodies going somewhere else. And so not only do we need to turn our eyes to the vision that he has called us to, but we need to turn our bodies to it as well. That, that, we, that, we, that we can't uh, be visually bought in and not physically bought in. But the last thing is this. We have to lean into it. So now is not the time to pull back. Now is not the time to, 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 to stand back and be cautious. Now, brothers and sisters, it's the time to lean in. Lean into the turn. Lean into the change. Lean into the challenge. Lean into the direction that God is calling us to. Because I believe, brothers and sisters, when we lean in it together, when we, when we look to the vision together, when we turn and we lean into it together, that there's nothing that we can accomplish as a congregation. So as I reflected over this last year, uh, I almost let myself be downtrodden. I almost let myself be discouraged. But I'm reminded that we serve a God who has never failed us. And he won't start now. So my challenge for you is to join me in this next year as we lean in to the vision that God has called us to. Amen? Let's pray. Gracious God, in the midst of uncertainty, I know it is a hard tendency to fall back, but God, give us the courage to come together and lean in. We know that you wept because no matter what you did, your people uh, did not have faith that could sustain them. Even though that you proclaimed that the sickness would not be to death, uh, they still doubt it. Dear Lord, let us not be like those people. Let us be reminded at each moment that we are tempted to doubt that you are there with us every step of the way. Let us not lose heart. Let us not lose faith. We lift this up to you in Jesus' name. receive this benediction. Jesus Christ, our Savior, the one who weeps when his children unnecessarily worry, 
one who weeps when we lose faith and when we lose heart. The one who weeps because you have already proclaimed that these things that have come against us will not take us out. But yet we waver in our faith. Dear Lord, as we go today, dear Lord, empower us to lean in. Knowing that we can only lean in through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so now may the grace of God, the sweet communion of your Holy Spirit, rest ruling the Bible between each of us until we all come together again. It's in your son Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Go in peace. Serve the Lord.